Aww. Someone take a sit on my lap? Cat guest. Oh, that's awesome. She'd be our second cat guest ever. I don't know how long he'll stay with you. Well, the, the last cat we had on had nothing to add to this discussion about um, the Beatles at all. None. Oh. Uh, his, his, whole, his whole opinion was just communist propaganda. Mao. All the time. Oh. Well, Cavern being a Maine Coon will probably go... And uh, but I'm not sure I'm not sure how he's gonna weigh in on persona with that. They smelled bad on the outside. A show that shot the deputy in the confusing surround, the confusion surrounding the murder of the sheriff. Um, John, I am joined tonight by a couple of lovely ladies. Feel free to introduce yourself in no particular order. I'll I'll go first. <laughs> I'm Sam. I'm sometimes on this show. I do things. I'm Kathleen. Uh, I am known for doing an online sketch comedy thing called Letting Ray Run and also being a, a cat enthusiast and a Persona 4 enthusiast. And thank you for inviting me to your podcast to talk about Persona. And I'm Scott, and thank you both for actually showing up. This week's just been a mess. <laughs> no Pers- problem. Granted, if anyone follows me around on the tubes, you know every third week seems to be a mess for me. But anyway, one bit of business before we get a pick of the week. That contest I was running, no one entered. You all suck. No one gets five dollars. I can't believe no one wanted free five dollars. I know, and the, like the Canadian dollar is up. Like they, you, you, you missed out on like five dollars and twelve cents. Can you do me a favor? Can you donate it to like the World Wildlife Fund in lieu of it, or something like that? You say, I well, think... if... I was thinking of just rolling it into the next contest. No. So next contest two will be for ten bucks. Okay, but if anybody wants, they could. They should enter the contest, and they should say charity, and and uh, and then Scott will donate it to a charity because I think that's probably getting five dollars is great. But imagine giving five dollars to charity. Wouldn't that make you feel slightly better? That that, that is true. Absolutely. Oh no! I've put, I've sent the entire internet on a sh- on a shame spiral now. It's like no. five dollars. Welcome I to can... Guiltcast, everyone. Call get... your mother more! I could get most of a latte at Starbucks. Awesome. <laughs> most of a latte. That is impressive. Okay, so uh, pick of the week in which we say stuff that's awesome. My pick of the week is actually my kids at the school I work at. Unfortunately, last Thursday I had to deal with a death in my family and I still had to go into work. I had a fifth grade girl who was really awesome by the name of Margaret. And she pretty much told me that I was not allowed to be sad because the person who died probably didn't want me to be sad in the first place. So my kids, they freaking rule. Wow. That's cool. That's very uplifting. I thought so. I mean, considering, you know, I had the opportunity to come in and pretty much be a crying mess, I chose not to. I tried to be positive, but I think it was just more of like it hit me really hard. So having this little girl kind of figure out that something wasn't right 
was really nice and just the way that she'd said it it was just really uplifting it was it was great so little kids they have magical powers sometimes out of whining and screaming it's pretty awesome nice it's uh almost but not quite enough to make me reconsider my my uh stance that 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 kittens are cuter than babies Oh, no, I still actually am on the stance that kittens are cuter than babies, but, I mean, I have to do little kids almost every day. I have to teach them the English language, so, yeah. Sometimes they can be really, really cute. This one in particular is really cute. If I mentioned my booger kid who draws penises, you probably wouldn't think he's very cute. The kid sounds awesome. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, not when uh, he draws penises all over things and tells me it's a flower. Maybe he's just got a learning disability. <laughs> no, probably not. But it was pretty great to watch his mom smack him in the middle of, you know, a public place for drawing dicks on things. Uh, it's kind of like, wow, his mom's hardcore. Then again, her her kid is drawing penises all over everything all the time. She might be just at the end of her rope. Probably. <laughs> I, if, I, if I was the parent of that child, I probably would be too. <laughs> if I was the parent of that child, they'd be in boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> like I am not. I did not sign up for the shit. Get me another cat. Uh, while I am sitting here recording this, my cat is sitting on my lap, purring and looking exceptionally fuzzy. And I'm feeling quite generous towards the feline uh, race right now. My pick of the week for something that's cool is completely different. It's not uplifting at all. It is an album. It is an album by a German electronic artist called uh, Seriousmo, and his album is called Mosaic. It is it is his debut album, and it came out in February and it's very good you can find him on SoundCloud and he has like a MySpace because apparently that's what you do if you're like a musician and it's uh, like 90s throwback IDM so that is a that is a cool pick of the week I don't know if you can do like embedded sound clips or something like that if I'm feeling depending on how much time I have to cut this I might drop 30 seconds in but at the very least, there will be a link in the show notes. Okay. So go clickify on that. I think a good, uh, if you want to just uh, listen to a bit of it, you can just grab a bit of the first track, which is called High Together. There's an album version and there's an EP version. And in true music nerd fashion, I will say I think the EP version of the song is slightly better. But, eh. <laughs> Uh, that portion of the show was brought to you by oh, I like Pitchfork better when they were indie. My pick of the week is going to something I bet everyone's a bit sick of hearing everyone rant and rave all over, but Portal 2 it's pretty darn sweet Yay, Portal 2 I still haven't played it And hearing J.K. Simmons in that just makes him me all the more excited to hear him voice Aang Jr. in Legend of Korra I can't wait I know. Uh, I do have some complaints about the game, but that might be something for a different show at a later date. Anywho, into our main discussion, which is uh, who is deadliest, Persona Three or Persona Four? I like. Uh, I guess I like both, Scott. This discussion stinks. No, oh, no, I have plenty of opinions to share. Don't worry. I guess I should say for anyone who hasn't played it, it's a spin-off of the Megami Tensei series of JRPGs, which is the third pillar of JRPG franchises and the one that doesn't annoy the piss out of me. I keep cutting it off. I would say, I love JRPGs, but like, at this point in my life, if it's not a Mega Ten game, I don't fucking want to play it. <laughs> oh, I'm getting to that stage, too. The problem is as a game reviewer, I have no freaking choice in some of the matters that I have to play. 
joy. If I see another RPG that's like, save the princess from an evil force taking over your kingdom, I will just flip the table. I will tilt. Notice my joy when I had to review Third Birthday and I was a sexist pile of shit. If that's the way JRPGs are going, especially by Square Enix, I'm going to kill Toriyama with, like, guns. Yes, and um, more about the Persona 3 and 4. It follows a ordinary high school student, TM, as he juggles his social life, schoolwork, and fighting demons and playing crazy mythological figure Pokemans for more power as some crazy, mysterious plot happens in his newly acquired hometown. And they're both really, really, really good. You haven't finished four yet. Hey, I'm like half. You're half, and all you've done is bitch. Yes, and that is why this is a debate, and not a non-debate, happy, fun, hold hands, drink tea show. I like those better. I have to spend half my days debating, Scott. Sometimes I just want to drink tea and hold hands, like Katra on Gundam Wing, okay? In any case, yay Persona 3! Yay-ish to Persona 4! No, Persona 4 forever. Persona 3, See, I guess I should just preface that when I played Persona 3, I thought it was, like, the greatest thing ever. Then I played 4, like, right afterwards, and I think I had just experienced such a nasty burnout that I couldn't enjoy 4 as much as I did 3. And, like, to further cement that, I think the true ending of Persona 4 was the dumbest thing I had ever witnessed in a Persona, like, in an SMT game. And I was very upset by that. I guess I should just say now. Spoilers. Dropping the spoiler warning. Oh, yeah. If you haven't played these games and you care, just... Stop. Just pause this. Go play both. We'll still be here 160 hours later. Then hit play again. Yay, play. Only 160 hours to play both games? Well, that, that's that's if you really rush it. <laughs> New <I> game plus. <laughs> I, I don't truck with that business. Both games at 70 hours and Persona 3 Portable at 50, so... Oh, I'm at, I'm at like... Okay, I, w- I will tell you about... See, when I, I played Persona 3, or I tried to play Persona 3 on the PS2, and I bought it when it came out, and I was like, all right, this game's getting... I don't know if you guys could pick that up. That was me cracking my knuckles. That was the noise I made when I got the game. I was like, Ooh. I love the Mega Ten games. Love everything else that they've made. Love Atlas, love uh, Devil's Survivor, or that hadn't come out yet, Devil Summoner, uh, all those games. Super excited about this. And I was like, holy shit, I can explore about five levels of Tartarus before my party gets tired and whines at me. I can't control my other characters in battle. There's so much school sim. This game's horrible. It's boring. It sucks. Turn it off. Tried again to play it. Had the same problem with it. Never got more than four hours in. Persona 4 comes out. I'm extremely trepidatious at this point, but I still love the Mega Ten games, so I give it a try because other people are like, no, no, it's really good. You should try it, Kathleen. And I'm like, oh, they've fixed all the issues from Persona 3 that I hated so badly. Oh, this plot is way more engaging and less silly. Oh, these characters are better written and and they make sense. And you know, I care about them more because they show more than a one-dimensional personality for the first fi- for the first fifty hours of the game. Oh wow! You know, this is a genuinely engaging story. It's not incredibly dumb. I love this game. It's the greatest game ever. True ending. Perfect. Great. 
excellent. I like the true ending because it actually, one, it resolved the sort of like overhanging story of how did all this happen? How did Adachi and your protagonist get all these powers to throw these things in? And it makes sense at the time. And two, the final dungeon, which is not as hard as the, the sort of secret dungeon is not as hard as the last dungeon of the game, but the music in the game is that music in that dungeon, it's beautiful, it's perfect. It completely brings to mind the feeling of this is your last sort of thing you're gonna do. This is the last few hours you're gonna spend with your friends doing an activity you all share. I was sad just thinking about that and the music just reinforced the feeling of the end of the game perfectly. It was great. Start to finish, magnificent, perfect 10, greatest game ever made. Better than Tetris? I didn't have deep and personal feelings for like the L block the same way I did for Kanji Tatsumi or Yosuke. Like, seriously, rebut. Oh, I fucking hate Yosuke. I fucking really? hate him with like a fiery thousand suns. Which is funny because I adore Kanji. I thought Kanji was probably the best written character in the game. Yosuke is the friend you have that you don't know why he hangs out with you, but you want to punch him in the face every time he opens your mouth. I just wanted yeah. to hit him every time, and you know what? Like, yay for realism on that part. I just he made me seethe every time he opened his mouth because he's so ignorant. Everything with him is ignorance. Like it was funny because I was watching Scott replay the scene where, you know, they go camping, and he's like, "So Kanji, are you like, uh, you know, that thing?" And it's like, "Oh my God, I want to hit you." I think he was just trying to, like, I think the point of that in that scene was uh, him trying to address it in a subtle way without coming right out and say it. I thought that was good characterization. What I liked about Yosuke is he was pretty upfront of the fact that he had some flaws and was pretty much willing to admit it, that he didn't like where he was living and didn't like uh, the town, uh, Inaba, that he was in. And, you know, you could kind of sympathize for him because he had been moved and stuff like that into this situation. And, I mean, like, there's a lot of characterization, like, sameness between Persona 3 and Persona 4. They sort of, like, sort of, like, follow the same sort of, like, general school plot arc. There's a school trip that you go on. There's, like, a, a hot spring scene. There's, like, a vacation scene, you know. And a lot of the same characters sort of follow the same, um, like, I guess, like, uh, Junpei is Persona 3 as Yosuke is Persona 4. But where I found Junpei to be just a cliched, one-dimensional, repeating character. Boy, I sure do want to get some poon. How about it, guys? Like, at least Yosuke, you're like, I can sort of understand why you're kind of an ass, you know? What I also liked a lot more about Persona 4 is that because you developed your social links primarily with your party instead of a bunch of random fuckers you meet at school, like, I literally do not care about most of the people that I have to develop social links with. You know? And in and, and Persona 4, you develop a lot of them with your own party, so you get to so you get much more attached to the other people in your party as characters and find out more about their backstories and what makes them tick. And I think that's just a better, like, aside from a writing choice, I think that's a better game development choice. That if you're going to be forced into making all the into having all these interactions with a character, have interactions with characters in your party, not just the characters that you can date. Well, just and that's... slightly better organized. And that's where I do agree with you in some ways, and that's why. What I, what I liked about Persona 4 is that the situations that the characters in are very realistic. You feel sympathy for them, you understand their situations, and you can really relate to them. And yes, that's probably a big flaw of Persona 3 on the PS2. It's not a flaw, however, in Persona 3 Portable, where they fix all that, especially if you play the girl scenario. 
where you have the situation where you get to play as the girl and you get to get to know the party members a lot better and it becomes a lot more diverse the the issues that they fixed in persona 4 they put into portable and it made persona 3 an even better experience for me and i especially loved playing as the girl and you know understanding why Akihiko's the way that he is. His situation now makes ten times more sense because you get that backstory. Same with mm-hmm. Junpei, same with Yukari. You get more of a backstory playing the female character, which is a shame for anyone who plays as the male character because it's not as well developed. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm... Did you I, play Portable? I am actually I am playing through Persona 3 on Portable because I cannot and will not play the PS2 version the character fatigue issues in Tartarus and just the uh, sort of like annoying like battle control issues make it so I will I'm not going back to it on the PS2 Um, so I am playing through on portable and I had a big debate whether I would go male or female but having never seen the sort of the the game like uh, more than a few hours in I decided I would play male to get the authentic experience as it had originally been written I would like to see, I, I love that there is, you can play as a girl and you get different social interactions. I think that's really wonderful as a female gamer on Atlas's part. Like, I think that's amazing and I think they need to do more of that. I would be so happy if they would re-release 4 with an option to play as a girl. And oh my god, to date Yosuke, because while you hate him, I love him. He is my favorite character. Uh, I, I know. Right. I know you can have him. Life, like Yosuke. He's... Uh, he's Similar in outlook to many of my good friends. I'll take, you know, gay kanji over, you know, Yosuke. I, I always thought it was good. Be- I liked kanji because it was sort of ambiguous to whether or not he was gay. Yeah. And you know like, what? They not- handled that so well. It could have mm-hmm. gone disaster, like, it could be a complete disaster. It's like looking at Princess and the Frog. You have the first black Disney princess. It could have been done really badly. Persona yep. 4 brings in kanji. And they handle Kanji's character with so much sensitivity. And I think it also helped that Troy Baker's, as a voice actor, played Kanji with a sense of, you know, a sensitive nature. Because he's a kid who, who doesn't really know who he is yet. He's trying to figure out, am I gay? Am I not gay? And one of my favorite scenes in Persona 4 is where he screams out on the stage, Now to make me a man! Because inside it, he's trying to figure out, I don't know what I like. <laughs> Maybe I yeah. like Naoto. Maybe I like, you know, girls. I think I like girls. Maybe I like boys. And he just, he's so conflicted. And I, I really adored just the way his character was handled. Especially mm-hmm. because I hate a lot of the ways in which JRPGs in particular handle homosexual characters. Because they often tend to make them such a joke. And mm-hmm. it gets really upsetting because it's like, you know, no homosexual character there would act that way. Enchanted Arms, I'm totally thinking of what you did to that douchebag character who I will never speak of again. But, you know, you have to handle those types of situations with, you know, a sensitive nature. It's just how it is. And, you know, had they just kind of been very blunt with it, I think it would have backfired in a lot of ways. Mm. That's just me. Have to give- I think we have to give props to their localization team because the localization for that game I mean I I don't speak Japanese more than a very limited vocabulary and uh, they did a it's, it is a I always enjoy it when you can tell a lot of care and attention has been paid to localizing something but not in a hack and slash kind of way in a way to preserve the subtleties of being a Japanese teenager and make it accessible to me I don't know how sort of like 
it, kanji went over in Japan, but when I went to um, Mandrake, uh, I had the I I lit I literally probably looked through like two hundred Persona Four Dojins till I could find one with kanji and Naoto because that was the one I was trying to find. <laughs> Good grief! That's neither here nor there. But uh, most people in Japan, I assume that they think he's gay. That's fine. According to my friend who lives in Japan and played it in Japanese and was he he does work for the website um, Scott and I work for. He said that in Japan they actually outed kanji as being gay in uh, magazines like Famitsu and stuff like that. I think because of the North American audience, actually, I remember asking this question to Aram, who's the PR gentleman in Atlas, and they said that they had to kind of make it a little bit more subtle because it is a subject matter that not a lot of people know how to handle. They wanted to make Kanji a character that any teen boy or teen girl could identify with who were feeling those kind of pressures and those kinds of issues. So they wanted to have that level of you know, being able to relate to him without making it completely blunt that, hey, he's probably totes gay. You know, it's kind of exciting that they chose to handle it that way. I I was very happy with that, just because I'm just very touchy about how homosexual characters in media are kind of portrayed. Uh, I think this is why I like, I think this is why I like Persona 4 better than I like Persona 3. What? Persona 4, super realistic character interactions like really really um like there's obviously obviously a fantasy but the sort of the the motivating plot is a murder mystery which is awesome and cool and you know everybody in there is acting as a real person would faced with sort of this magical realism world what i really dislike about persona 3 portable mind you is that you know you're going along and it's like okay weird science experiment has caused shadows to come of tartarus and then it just starts getting stupid like there's nothing to you're, you meet a dog who can magically use Persona. You have a robot in your party. Are, are, you, are, are you imputing the honor of my boy, Koro? I like... I think Koro is very cute. I have no idea why your party suddenly has to swell to the ranks of you get, like, an element... Like, I like Kenemon. I think he's a good character. I think he's one of my more favorite characters. But at just some point... They just start throwing in characters. Hey, how about an elementary school kid? How about, like, a super intelligent dog? How about a fucking robot who can, who, like, despite the fact that there's no other high technology of this level in this world, let's have a super functional android and have her go to school and have nobody else notice that she appears to be an android. That is just takes me out of the game because it's so ridiculous and so out of keeping with the rest of the game, being in a super high, like, almost a hyper-realistic setting compared to most like other JRPGs. Like these, there is a lot of stickling for like detail and having to be realistic. But, you know, and I can get with like the sort of the near future vibe of it, but then when you throw in something that's so, it just seems so clearly out of place to me as a magical dog and a hyper realistic android, uh, it just, I'm like, really? Really? And then let's not even bring in, you know, you get uh, the character. Is it Shinji, the guy who you get in your party for, like, a month? A week? A yeah. week, and then he dies? Why kill him? Kill somebody who's going to give you, like, an emotional impact. Kill somebody who's been in your party. How am I supposed to feel sorry and upset when somebody that I don't really care about that much is killed? It's, like, big deal. You know, uh, Ka- you want- Kathleen, I'm going to stop yeah. you here for a second. You really should have started with the girl side. Because that yeah, gets but that's not totally revamped. Game- yeah, but that's not how the game was written. Like, in the original version, you meet this guy, he's in your party yes, for a week. Yes, and he dies. And so, 
if you want to kill someone for emotional impact, which is clear what they're going for, kill someone that I have had actually had a chance to level up and spend some time with. So would you have preferred they killed Ken in that scene? Ken, uh, I was, uh, I think the best, I think, plot choice probably would be to kill Akihiko, because he's been in your party since the beginning, and you can, you know, sort of tell that he's a conflicted character. I think that would be the best, uh, the best sort of like, oh my god, this is serious business thing. I guess... I'm just going to step in now so I can get the, the word in edgewise and actually get some opinions down here. Just going over all the points you've brought up is I think that Persona 4 has the benefit of really front-loading their characters. Like, again, like the, the stress on the party members is really great, but I think that it's really easy to think a character's deeper or more interesting when they sort of throw their immediate inner conflict at you right off the bat like it takes a it takes a damn long time for uh, you to really get what's going on in Jinpei's head and when you do it's great but it's like it's a damn long time compared to Yosuke where like the first thing you do like the third or fourth thing you do in the ge- whole game is help him sort out his inner demons and that and that's sort of how it goes down the line for all the characters and i'm not saying that Persona 3 makes you work for it, and that might not always be the best thing for a game to do, particularly. Like, I get that it's sort of much more uh, drawn from dating sims than anything else, which, I don't know, maybe that went over better in Japan than with us. And then, in terms of comparing the main plots, uh, I'm actually really frustrated right now with the murder mystery, because... All you do is a wait, like, it's entirely reactive, and it's frustrating the hell out of me that, you know, you'll clear out a dungeon and save the day, but because the game's stuck on this timetable, you can't even ask questions about what happened to the person until, you know, as many as two weeks after the you actually do the rescuing. The fact that all you do is wait to rescue people and not actually pursue what leads you can is really starting to bother me, and I actually sort of enjoy the uh, Lovecraftian vibe that Persona 3 picks up with uh, Strega's crazy Nyx cult at the end, or even um, Turtleneck and his, um, yes, we will bring about the goddess! Ikutsuki. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He, he made bad puns and had a turtleneck, that's what I remember. I think they tipped their hand in the Persona 3 plot with Ikutsuki too soon, I think, because of when that whole thing goes down. You still have like four months left to play in the game. You're like, well, what the fuck? What was the point of that? I guess I just sort of like mope around now. Like, I think both games suffer a little bit from being tied to the school year pacing, but at least. Yeah, it's a little too Harry Potter. Yeah, like. You like know, Harry, think... That's another thing I'll complain about Harry Potter for is. Really? There has to be an Everything just gets solved in spread. June. Yeah. Uh, I do think, but I mean, like, I think Persona 4. I just found, like, after Akutsuki, like, went nuts, you're like, well, why isn't the game over now? Because if, if I continue with the plot, I'm just doing what he wants. A reasonable person would just say, well, fuck it, I'm out, right? And yeah. I got exams at, in two weeks. Exactly. But at least with Persona 4, there's sort of like, I like the murder mystery because it was serious business enough to me that you know between murders you know you sort of because you weren't supposed to be investigating this you could sort of like get on with your life but it was always there in the back of your mind and you're always worried that one of your friends would go missing and when they um 
when they kidnap your little cousin, oh, what's her name? Nanako. Nanako. You're like, oh, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to hurt you. Because at that point, you care so deeply about her as well, because she's very sweet, and you know, you spend a lot of time with her. So I I like, I, th- I think, and plus with the, like, <sighs> I like the murder mystery, because maybe I'm just not very good at, like, figuring out the clues. But I was legitimately kind of surprised when it turned out to be a dachi. I was like, no shit, that makes sense now in hindsight, but I am surprised. Like, when, you know, when you realize Akutsuki's all, like, crazy, you're like, yeah, I mean, you always did seem kind of off to me. Like, all this seems kind of weird. You know, this makes sense. I just thought it was, like, less of an emotional punch, and I think if they had, like, kept you rolling along with that a little longer and, like, had you fight more shadows, you would have been more, oh, my goodness, it's Akutsuki, and and there's less weird downtime at the end when there's like that happens and then like two months later another thing happens and then Ryoji shows up and then he's like okay and I'm going to take off for a month so you can make your decision then it's like great I guess I'll just sit around and wait for more people to wander to Tartarus <sighs> you know it just seems like there's no it seems like the game sort of at least to me I haven't finished it the game is limping towards the finish line right whereas with Persona 4 it was like you you get the whole kidnapping scene and you chase down the guy and then you have to choose whether you're going to go after the right guy or the wrong guy and then you go and confront Adachi in his crazy you know sort of dungeon like it's more like and then this happens and this happens and this happens and like holy crap there it goes right I thought the pacing was slightly better towards the end I actually yeah. love the Ryoji stuff uh, myself I like the way that Ryoji, the way that he gives you the choice, and I like the way that he kind of encourages you to go talk with your party members, spend that time with them, and try to figure out how you would handle this type of situation. I mean, you're being asked to invoke the apocalypse. How how would you react to that? He's also asking you to kill him, and I I like how they did that. It's like, yeah, Ryoji could be kind of like Jesus, I suppose, but I picked, I've, I've played the game now twice. I killed him once, and it was very sad. You know, I kept him alive, and I really just loved the way they handled the ending in that. I liked having that apocalypse. I liked having the way that the world was crumbling. With the Adachi stuff, you know, I I thought it was great, but I'm not going to lie, Kathleen, I figured that out way too early. Adachi was too suspicious throughout the game. The way that he would nutter off little bits of information the way that he would um, react to certain things I like his reasoning behind why he did what he did I thought that was actually very well done but he was just too suspicious because he was always there when he didn't need to be mm. and that really set me off because it's like okay you're the, you fucking did something I know you did and watch the game tell me yep it's him and then I remember turning to Scott and going it's fucking him <laughs> ah, ah, how long did it take you to play through Persona 4? Uh, I did it in 69 hours. Did you do it straight, though? Like, did you, yep. like... Ah, see, this is me. You know, I'm really busy. You know how long it took me to, to finally beat Persona 4? Eight months. I played it. I would play for, like, a weekend. And then I... Because uh, at the time, I was living in Vancouver. And uh, I worked full-time. And I would go to Victoria to do Loading Ready Run on the weekends. So I would play for a few hours on Friday night. And then... 
my neck and then like a week later I play for a few more hours on Friday night had I maybe played it all together in like one big sitting I might have been less surprised and might have picked up on more of those clues but I like one of the longest periods I ever got to play was I did I did the whole uh like vacation lake scene together like that was and like did that from like where from like basically start to finish that was one of the longest sit down periods I had it took me, like, after I had, like, got to the point of the perfect ending, it took me another two months to actually have the time to go through that dungeon. So by that time, I was really sad about the end of the game because it had been this, I'd been playing it for so long. I was really, like, wrapped up in it. As it, it was the thing I did. If I had spare time, I would go try to finish Persona 4. Persona 3, I'm playing on the PSP, so I could get in a few more hours here and there. I got a really good solid start on it uh, when we went to PAX East because I was playing on the plane. Well, and, and that's where I think also maybe our perspectives differ because, like I said, I played three and then I did a review of four for the website and I played them both back to back. So by the time I had finished four and got to the end, I was just bitter. I was tired. I was like, this, this might have been too much. And I did it to myself. Like, I fully admit that. So I'm, mm. I'm to blame for this. But. I found 4 dragged it out too long for me at the end. Like, after I got to the nautical bit, I was satisfied. I liked how that turned out. When I got to the Adachi bit, even though his reasoning was very interesting, his boss fight was bullshit. It was just so annoying. I hated it. I hated it. It was so boring. It was a slog compared to... Yes, even though Nyx takes longer to do, Nyx had an easy way to figure out how to channel what you were supposed to do. This boss just liked to use a couple cheap insta-kill attacks, and then it'd be over, and you'd have to do it over and over again. Now, and to be fair, that crazy. Is a, that's a very long-standing Megaton tradition of cheap-ass fucking bosses. Oh, I'm uh. aware of that. I'm <laughs> completely aware of that, having played other SMT titles. I know that. That doesn't necessarily mean that it fixes the pacing issue. Yes. of how long it takes you to get to Adachi. And if you're like my friend Dylan, you don't even get to Adachi because you made, you know, the decision isn't clear. And you know what? That's kind of sucky if you think about it. Yeah, oh, yeah. this is a tradition of JRPGs and yes, they like to be a little bit convoluted in, in their responses to certain aspects. But the fact that you end up missing out on another 10 full hours, let alone the real answer to the story... That's kind of bullshit, and if I was in his position, which, you know, thankfully I wasn't, I would have just been fed up and put the game away and said, fuck this, I don't want to play it anymore. Whereas at least with 3, it outright gives you that point of no return that says, you can either kill Ryoji, or you don't. And it gives you enough time to deliberate what you want to do. And I thought that was far more fair than what Persona 4 does. By far. I kind of liked, I mean, yeah, you get the bad ending. Like, I did go back and make the wrong choices so I could see you got, see what the bad ending was. And I kind of like the fact that it's like, you know what? This is a real-life situation. If you can't figure it out, and I, then you don't get the good ending because at some point you do actually have to solve this murder mystery. I mean, it's not so bad to go back and start the game again from your choices. It doesn't, it only took, like, if I did it, I did the bad choices and then I was like, oh, that actually didn't really take me that long. It was only, like, adding, like, you know, maybe, like, 20 minutes to the, my whole play time to go back to my previous save and start again, you know, uh, to make the poor choices. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't mind that. I like the sort of the progressive layers of how deep you want to investigate and you can find out more and more. Like, if you're like, yes, this makes sense, you got the bad ending because you're not really thinking about it. 
you know, you think about it and put all the clues together, you get the good ending, you know. Then you say, but wait, how did this even happen? I mean, like, you don't normally get magical powers to enter a, a realm possessed of people's innermost desires. And you get, you ask those questions, you get the perfect ending, which I thought was really good. I like it when you sort of get that extra structure. It seems rewarding. Well, and at least it's better, like, at some point there will be an episode of this show where I just where me and someone else will rant about all the things I dislike in JRPGs. But it's a hell of a lot better. Like, the good band ending, like, how you how the, both games lead you to it is a hell of a lot better than a lot of other games I could mention where it's based on something completely arbitrary or how you do side quests. Yeah, yeah, at least there was no, like, oh, you can't get the perfect ending unless you waste a billion hours doing side quests. Ugh, Final yeah. Fantasy. Uh- <laughs> you... you- you must play this many hours of Blitzball to get 20 more seconds of cutscene that makes it all better. Yeah, I know. Like, there's a, there's, there's a separate issue there. <laughs> and that's called poor game design. Actually, get, now, now that I'm talking about side quests, I actually want to go off on 4 for its... I think 4 just annoys me with its side quests more because they're all active at once. Like, in 3, you had this one person you could talk to, and you could get side quests, but you could only have 3 running at a time. And then in four, like every person on the streets, like, "Hey, I need coal. Um, I need this new thing for my table. Do you have a fish? How about some crazy gum?" And all these are active all the time, and it's just bugging me. And it's all really fetch questy in my brain. It lacks Elizabeth, which made kind of doing the side quests fun in three. Uh, Elizabeth was kind of weird. It, it was kind of weird and kind of I don't know. I I be honest with you like i realize that they you can't like maybe get 100 percent completion on the games unless you do all the side quests but i've never really i don't go crazy no, over no. either game side quests i'm like 100 hey. percent completion is for freaks and koreans yeah, i have well i mean like i like to get my uh my compendium as complete as possible because it's like pokemon but with demons which is awesome uh but uh, without the annoying bits of pokemon actually it's very like one of the one um uh, Devil Summoner came out. I was like, "Wow, this is like this is like Pokemon for grown-ups." And I love—I actually really do love the sort of the Pokemon aspects of collecting and breeding all the different personas, and it gives you a lot more character customization, you know, which I think is fun. I think it's a really good element. But I mean, like to be honest with you, I just don't bother with the quests. I like that, but with I, what I like about four in that regard is that yeah, all the quests are active at once. But you don't have to, there's no penalty for taking a quest and being like, oh, I really don't feel like doing this item, or I don't really feel like doing this fetch quest right now. Uh, maybe I'll just pick up a different quest. You can. You don't have to pay to cancel them, which I like. I think that's just a minor improvement. And yeah, it's a little bit more freeform, but it's slightly less irritating. You don't have to keep running back to Elizabeth to get new quests or to cancel quests. Also, demon Pokemans are awesome. It's one thing to say, yeah, I've got this electric giraffe thing. It's another thing to shoot yourself in the face and then have Ares come out and smack a bitch. I don't like the invokers. I think the invokers are kind of silly. Like, I think the... Yeah, but they were silly in a very unique and interesting way. I get the feeling when they were sort of designing the invokers. They're like, ooh, this is edgy. Right? Like, I don't know why... Like, we had a suicide in the last Persona game. Let's just keep doing that. I haven't played Every Persona five minutes. 2 because it's never been, like... Because it, it hasn't been uh, localized, as far as I can tell. So... It's kind of... Well, uh, Eternal Punishment got localized. I have that, but it doesn't really help when you really want the first half of the story. Yeah, like, well, I, I'm that's... playing through Eternal Punishment and going, Okay, I sort of get this, but kind of don't. 
yeah. I'm just gonna wait till Persona 2 comes out and uh, just on its own uh, before I try to play it in both uh, play both parts. It'll be awesome. Like I understand that you need something to like, you know, bring out your persona, but I think the invokers are kind of like needlessly dramatic in that regard. Kind of you know? thought well, the I cards think... were dramatic myself. Like well, I don't. I, mean, I think it's I... needlessly dramatic that it's a like every time you do it, it's this like prolonged activity. Like at some point, it becomes banal and you just get casual about shooting yourself in the head. Yeah. Not these kids though. They're 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 freaking dramatic about it. So. Yeah, I, I like the cards because I think, one, they're a little less, like, whoa, crazy, over the top, and two, it kind of fits better with the tarot theme. Yes. We all agree on that. One point. Yes. <laughs> one point for civilness and tea drinking. Yes, one point for, yes, tarot cards do represent the arcana theme of the personas. <laughs> yes. I, I actually, I'm, like, really enjoying Persona 3. I'm enjoying playing through it. Just my issue with Persona 3 is it's a great game. Like, it's way better than a lot of other games I've played. But I think the reason I like Persona 4 better is I think it's just ever so slightly better in a lot of, like, minor gameplay ways. Like, when I said that, you know, your social links are with your party members, that makes sense. That's a refinement of the system in Persona 3. Makes it a little easier to advance your social links. Uh, Makes it a little easier to not miss out on social links. Right? I like that you don't have... What I also like about Persona 4 is you don't have as many social links that start only after you get to a certain level in another social link, because that is annoying. How are you supposed to know to do that? Right? I find that kind of... It's not necessarily intuitive to me, but I just think that overall, I think that I like Persona 4 better, because I think the characters are slight... are for the most part, like, better written. Not dramatically, but slightly. And I just think the overall plot is just really tight. Like, I know you guys don't care for the murder mystery, but I really think that's sort of better and more, and it resonates better with me as something that I would feel that I would want to solve in real life. It's like, I could feel my, like, if something like that happened in my town, I would do similar things. I would want to solve that murder mystery. And I can imagine myself being in the same situation as I don't know how to conduct an investigation. I don't know how to get the information I need to help solve this, but I really want to be involved and I'll do it any way I can. So I could feel, I could really like imagine myself being in that group of people. Whereas, you know, with C's, it's like, ah, you know, this seems like kind of like higher fantasy, you know, like there's this crazy organization, there's robots and magical dogs, you know, I have a little bit of a harder time putting myself in that headspace. Speaking of getting into the headspace, the main character, when you look at what he actually does and how you play the game, he's such a freaking keener. I would have laughed at this guy in high school. Like, straight A's, been three different, you know, three extracurricular activities, hang out with all, he gets all the women. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Well, I think he's like the sort of the Japanese ideal of like the perfect guy that you would want to aspire to be you know he's popular he's got his own good friends he gets good grades blah 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 i also like that it's slightly easier to max out your statistics in persona 4 although persona 3 they with then they did the psp version it's now super easy because all you because basically you just have to pay to go to like the arcade on certain nights one thing i'm gonna say it persona 3 had better music across the board (sighs) i don't like i like the I don't know about that. Like, Persona 3 has some good music. Persona 4 has some good music. The dungeon music, I like that the dungeon music, there's a lot more variety in the dungeon music in Persona 4. It's not just a riff on the same track. 
You could you know, change the dungeon music in three, though. Well, after you get Fuka, but I still don't like the, the options she gives you, right? I just end up playing with the music off. Uh, I I don't know. I I feel ambivalent towards the music, except for that one track in Persona Four, which isn't on the CD, but is like perfect, great, totally encapsulates the feeling of the game. I really hate the battle theme in Persona Four. That's not something exactly I want to get jazzed up to fight with. Like the I, I don't is... like. I don't like it at all. Like, compared uh, to mass destruction, I would rather, you know, I could get my groove on while I was, you know, fighting demons with mass destruction or with wiping it all. I can't do that with the song in 4. I find it just, it's too J-poppy. It's it's almost too corny for me, truthfully. I'd rather have the, the cheesy Japanese rap because cheesy Japanese rap. Come on. Truthfully, like, there's there's music in 4 like that I, I'm, I'm not going to say 3 is a better soundtrack because I actually like both equally. I love, you know, the song Heaven, where you go find Nanako in her dungeon. I think that's one of the most gorgeous songs on the soundtrack. Um, and I love, like, you know, the the town music in 4. Like, it has a lot of great songs, don't get me wrong. I just, I don't like the battle songs in 4. I just don't find they grab me at all, especially when you compare it to, like, Strega's battle theme in 3, which is just so dynamic. By oh, no, they, they, they have a way better battle theme. I'm going to agree with you 100% there. I'm, I am actively on YouTube re-listening uh, re to both of the battle themes. I have to say I don't really like either of them, to be honest with you, now that I, now that I talk, now that I really listen to them. I mean, I've sort of, like, grown immune to the Persona 3 battle music, but to be honest with you, I play with the sound down for the most part when I'm in Tartarus just because I'm sick of hearing the same dungeon theme with a slight variation on it every level and uh, the battle music. I don't know. Persona games have never really been about their music to me, <laughs> to be honest with you. That's always sort of innocuously there, but I'm a huge music nerd, so maybe that's just me. I still think Shoji Maguro kicks the crap out of Uematsu any day. Well, I mean, I like that it's at least try they at least try to have contemporary music, which is good. I mean, there's very few games with like really incredible music though, and I'm trying to think of one that's made me go, "Wow, that's amazing." But I don't know. I really liked the stuff they added for Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. That's the oh. soundtrack that sticks out in my mind. Like they finally realized that keeping the suit music from one might not be fit a Renaissance Italian setting. And then they added a lot of choir, and it was good. But that's for another show. Uh, what did you guys think of sort of... I guess Persona 4 had a... Uh, I guess I would say a comedy relief character in the um, character of Teddy. What did you guys think of that? Well, I actually like... I think Teddy is a better example of the I'm not human figuring out what humanity means compared to Igis, who if you played uh, either Fez or the PSP version... She gets a little arc where it's like, what's it like to be people? And it's really clumsy, awkward robot girl BS. Yeah. But, but Teddy is a much more thoughtful and inquisitive thing. But yeah, bear puns can die in a freaking fire. I kind of like the bear puns, although I'm a big fan of puns. Oh, I love yes. puns, but Teddy's get a little repetitive. Well, yeah. no, that's the other thing I have a complaint about, is if you're going to do like these little combat voice things, how about more than four of them? You know what? I'll, I'll be honest, though. As much as, like, I love Teddy, once they replaced him with Rise, I I had to turn, like, the sound off at times. I can't stand Rise. Rise was one of the few characters in that game whose story really bothered me. It bothered me because it was, oh boy, I'm a sex symbol, oh no! 
I didn't feel sorry for her, and I, I tried so hard to feel sorry for her, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because her character just irked me beyond belief. Because she cries for sympathy. And it just, you know, I had more fun when I got to see, you know, Nietzsche Teddy. I thought that was so much cooler. But having to hear Risei's voice like, oh, it's okay, guys, you'll be fine. I was like, you know, Fuka was worse, but Risei, you're, you're pretty awful, too. Really? I was actually super happy when they, like, replaced uh, Mitsuro, or Mitsuro with Fuka, because I like Mitsuro as a character, and I like her in my party, but fuck, she got an annoying voice after a while, and she had, like, three things to say. <laughs> I was like, like, I like Fuka, but Fuka's voice actress just sounded very lazy at times. Like, oh, it's okay, party. You'll be uh, fine. Honestly, both of those games have way too much, like, background person talking to you bullshit. Just shut up and yeah. let me play well, especially because they only have three lines each. Or, or how about give me the option to turn to it shut off. it off? Yeah. Persona Five. I'm. Ta- I love your games. So I'll still buy them. Like, you could charge me. Think you could be like Persona Five is nine hundred dollars. I'd be like, great. Here's nine hundred dollars. I will buy it. But like seriously, just like checkbox support yeah. character off. You- yeah, because I just found the support voices were just irritating. And like I said, with Risei. Risei's voice actress was just overly cheerful and overly bubbly and oh my god valley girl and I can't stand that character type as is so you're making me listen to her be annoying and cheerful every fucking battle mm-hmm. no thank you yeah. like it's like put Teddy back I'll take the bear punch just put him back yeah, I, I liked him in my party though no, I, I, I loved using Teddy um, and granted I mean I, I built him to be a nice brick powerhouse so i mean like i was thankful that he was in my party but the option of risei yeah i was not happy with that it was like game just let me shut her off please and while we're at it how about we just put her somewhere in like a a room where she can't talk because i don't want to deal with her uh fun fact risei the only uh character social link in i did not finish in persona 4 because i didn't care (laughs) i was like eh yeah, no, I didn't bother with her. I think I moved it up to one and was like, you know what? I don't feel sorry for you. <gasps> I, yeah. I, and she's got an interesting backstory. It's sort of like, obviously, a comment on how people are, you know, how, you know, young girls are sexualized and idolized. There's a lot of, like, big society commentary going on with the characters in Persona 4 that aren't really going on with the characters in Persona 3. You know, like, they're tackling more big issues with each character rather than just here's some people but but do you think tackling big issues makes it a better character because i think in risei's case they did a a disservice to her character uh in the way that she was treated i think i i don't actually like the way that they portrayed her character i don't like the way they they shared that inner side with her because i found it actually a bit um almost too degrading I mean, and I'm someone who just suffered third birthday, and, you know, that's an example of, that's real sexism right there. What Risei had was nothing in comparison. Um, I don't know if I, I, I essentially liked that as much, because I think certain characters, like, you know, with Yukiko, for an example, I, I liked her story, because that's a story I could relate to. I've mm-hmm. been that girl. I know exactly what it's like to be that girl, and the same with Chie. Mm-hmm. Chie is very realistic. 
Naoto is a tricky one to talk about because the female detective thing, I know what it's playing after because in Japan, you know, having a female cop, they don't really have any. It's not treated as a female profession. I get what they were trying to do with that. But well, Naoto's also character like... hits a lot of awkward things that aren't really discussed very well. I think Naoto and Risei's characters are sort of like talking about sexism from opposite sides, like sexism in Japanese culture from opposite sides. I mean, like, you know, Japanese culture has come a long way and I love Japanese culture, but I am not a weeaboo and that I realize that there's a lot of things with it. And like, and like, it's still quite difficult for women in Japanese culture to be taken as seriously in men in a lot of professions. And I think Naoto was a lot, was, you know, sort of talking about how it's not really fair that even though Naoto is quite brilliant that because of her gender she is always going to be discriminated against and with Arise it's not fair that even though she is quite beautiful she is she sort of sees herself as a sexual object and at the same time I think with Arise and sort of the backstory I get from that is she's kind of okay with that which is why she wanted to go into be an idol in the first place and then became uncomfortable with it and I think that's why her dungeon expresses itself the way it does because I think that's a thing with all women like and especially even with Chie women want to be beautiful and feel sexy and, 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 and pretty but at what point do you feel uncomfortable being sexualized that's something that I think a lot of girls have to deal with and I think it's there's a lot more pressure put on girls in Japan to be hyper perfect sexualized versions that aren't really sexual sexy for their own benefit they're sexy yeah. in how other people perceive them so i thought that was i thought it was like two different ways of dealing with sort of sexism i really liked that i really liked Naoto's like I story said, i had nothing against the sexism thing because you know i get it i get where it's coming from i i saw the perspectives at the same time the way it's handled to me just i don't think it, it entirely got that message across the way it probably should have. Naoto I had less of an issue with. Actually, that one I thought was a lot better done, but Risei's Risei's just was not done as tactfully, I think, as it could have been. Yeah, well, I think the issue with Risei is also she's not, to be honest with you, and I think this is intentional, is that they did not really write her to be the the shiniest penny either, right? And that's, Mm -hmm. I think, a lot of the issue with it. Like, she ain't that bright to be completely straight with you. And I think that the I think that was completely intentional that she wasn't supposed to be super intelligent, um, so maybe that's it. I don't know, but uh, I, but I think now think about this. We can really talk about how the characters in Persona Four rep- represent these big sort of sweeping things, you know, and we have an understanding of their characterizations. Now, if we go to Persona Three, I've only played the the male thing, but Fuka. Had some issues with bullies, got over it. Mitsuru, and you know she's runs shy. Mitsuru runs a corporation. Yukari is want. very well. Yeah, so she's sort of like she's sort of like uh, Mitsuru is the epitome of the caged bird. Yeah, she's forced into something she doesn't want. She's forced to be told you have to marry this bozo, or else you can't inherit your company. By the way, you're not allowed to actually be president of your company. And she pretty much just says, why should I bother then? Why can't I be the one in charge? Why can't I take on my father's legacy properly when I'm pretty much being told I have to marry this dickweed to progress in life? And I like that she makes a decision at the end to say, no, I'm not doing this. What's mm-hmm. the point? I haven't I'm, I'm leaving. Yet. I haven't Sorry for spoiling, but, but that's, that's okay. what I've she been... does. But I've been playing through the characters, and I mean, I haven't finished all the social links with that, but at the same time, it's like, 
I mean, yeah, Yukari is like got a, you know, she's got like a mom who's not that nice and she's, you know, secretly not as confident, but she's, you know, okay with that. And Fuka is like less confident and had to deal with some bullies. But I think just like overall, I, you know, I haven't finished all the social links, but I can talk less to the depths of the characters and what makes them tick with Persona 3. I don't, like, I don't have quite the same depth of understanding of, of their characterization. They're just le- there's just a little less writing there. There's not no writing there. They're still very good characters compared to most JRPGs, like so much better. But I think the, per- the characters in Persona 3 are not as deep, not as involved. I don't know. I would disagree with you on that, having played both like the male and female perspective. Had I only played the male one, totally would have agreed with you. Yeah. Well, I, I, both, I disagree with you wholeheartedly. But I mean, the thing is, though, that's almost comparing apples to oranges because, you know, Persona, Persona 3 has the male and female options. The female option was added later. Persona 4 only has the one, has the one campaign as written and as intended to stand on. Like, Persona 3, if the characters don't stand as well the way the game was intended to come out, the way it was originally written, like, not everybody is going to go through and play an optional extra scenario to get additional depth. You know, I totally agree with you there, but at the same time, I actually do like the characters more in 3. Not all of them. Like, I I think Yukari was probably one of the weakest written characters in the game. I but completely when I look agree. at when I look at a character like Fuka and Mitsuru, they actually have a lot more writing behind them. And especially when you finish Fuka's social link, you understand a lot about her and a lot about her feelings and how her life really is. And you can sympathize with her quite a bit. And a lot of people, you know, like, truthfully, I'm in the camp that actually thinks the main character probably, by default, probably should have been with Fuka and not Yukari. Just in terms of the way in which you treat Fuka. If you treat her really well, you have this, it's sort of like this warm, squishy feeling inside of you. <laughs> She's just very, very sweet and lovable. Um, whereas Yukari, I didn't really care what happened to her. It's like, yeah, your mom's a slut and your dad kind of died. I'm sorry. Yeah, you'll right? be fine. still sucks, right? BB still sucks, right? Oh yeah, he, BB's stupid. <laughs> he drove me nuts. But, I mean, then there's other characters like Akihiko, where I think there's a lot more subtext with him that either you pick up on or you don't. I mm. mean, he's got a very twisted relationship with Shinji. He's got a very twisted relationship with Mitsuru. He doesn't know where he stands. You know, he wants to be the leader, but he ultimately doesn't know who he is and where he belongs. And when you become the leader, he's frustrated by that because he thinks he's well enough that he should be taking control. The reason he wants control is because he wants to avenge his sister. But, of course, he wants Shinji's help to do it, and Shinji doesn't budge until that final point. But Shinji's not budging for Akihiko. The reason Shinji's there is because of Ken. Because Shinji knows what he did to Ken's mom. Mm-hmm. I don't... And the thing is, you don't get a lot of that just playing through the... the original male campaign. Actually, that's what I figured out from the male campaign, but yeah, go on. <laughs> well, I don't know, I just, I really like, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, so there's Shinji, and, you know, he wants him in there, and, but, and, you know, but, like, in the male campaign, I've played through a lot more recently, Akahiko maybe mentions his sister, like, a couple of times. It, it gets better after, like, he really talks about it after Shinji dies. Yeah. Like, Shinji, Shinji dying is less about making the player feel bad, is sort of catalyzing a couple other characters into 
being particularly Akihiko and Ken. Those are the two characters that get really flushed out after Shinji dies. Because they both feel guilty for Shinji's death. And in very, very different ways. Like, in Akihiko's case, he blames himself because he believes it's his fault that by bringing Shinji back, they didn't accomplish their goal. Meanwhile, the goal was one-sided in the first place. And that's what Akihiko comes to terms with. He comes to realize after Shinji's death, his goal was one-sided. And with Ken, you know, Ken's issue is that Shinji killed his mom. And he doesn't realize the whole meaning behind it. He wanted to kill Shinji because he, you know, Shinji took his mom. But what Shinji explains to him, you know, it clicks with Ken that, oh my god, like, there, there was more to it and I didn't quite understand it. And maybe I should be playing my age because Ken's problem is Ken was forced to grow up too quickly. So I like that he's portrayed that way. But with Shinji, he even realizes further just how fast he grew up and he doesn't realize he's never had the chance to be a real kid. So Shinji is kind of like the pillar, the realization for those two specific characters. And then just to talk about the girl side, there's a lot more to Shinji. If you do Shinji's social link, you learn so much about the way he is, his relationship with Akihiko, his relationship with Akihiko's sister, his relationship in in the kind of person he wants to be. And he's a beautifully written character. Like, yes, it's kind of sad that it wasn't in the original version, but playing the girl's side, you realize there's this beautifully written character that has so much to show for himself and unfortunately, you know, he, he goes too soon. Now, that being said, you know, um, spoiler, you can keep him alive. But, you know, it all depends. In the female version yep. of the campaign? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Who do you yep. trade him for? I imagine you trade him for Ken. Nope. Really? Nope. He, just, he just spends a few months in a coma. But you... Oh, what a cop-out. It's a cop-out. I know. But you can keep him alive, hypothetically. There's no trade for, you know, someone else getting murdered. It's just he's still the the catalyst for that scene. It's just, I think they playing the female, because if you chose to date him, they wanted to give you the option to, you know, have your happy ending with him. If that's who you chose to date, which I did, so I got the happy ending. And it was cute and fluffy and whatever. But, I mean, it could have been cool if they had traded him for somebody else and killed somebody else instead. I think that would have, in a lot of ways maybe been better but in terms of the characterization he's he's done very well and i i like the use of shinji i think depending on how much of the subtext you pick on will really determine kind of whether or not you understand or like the character and there's just too much of the subtext and for some people like i know a lot of people who just were like i didn't get shinji's point <laughs> and that's okay but i I understand that what you're saying is like they probably killed him off so they could uh, so that you could catalyze these other characters. But I mean, I think there would be a way to do it, and that would. I just felt that with Shinji with Shinji's character dying, as he did, I was like, eh, yeah, I can kind of see why they. Yeah, I mean, you know, like Ken and and Akiko gain new resolve and new persona forms, but I don't really care that much. He was just some douchey guy who's like, no, I'm not going to help you even though I can. You know, I was like, eh. Right? Alright, now, you two have gone back and forth quite a bit about how you know, maybe, you know, the, like, the, like uh, adding a second campaign for the first game is, or 
Persona 3 is, you know, not necessarily authentic, and I'm just going to argue by analogy for a few minutes in that I think in this case we almost have, like, um, an instance of parallel sequels where one can still stand on its own. Like, uh, the, the easiest example I've got off the top of my head is Ender's Game. Like, Ender's Game, whatever you think about Orson Scott Card, is really great and in, is a really great no- sci-fi novel and you read it and you can appreciate all these things about it. And that doesn't change after you read Ender's Shadow, which is uh, written a number of years later and fills in a lot of gaps about this side character named Bean, and it sort of presents all these events with this entirely new perspective that builds on it. And I think this is the same thing where we have two perspectives building on each other, and each one can stand on its own, but it makes this very nice whole. So it's not necessarily about authenticity or the original presentation. I think this is the authors coming back and building on this setting. That said, um, totally random thing about Persona 5. High school is getting tired. I want Persona the college years. Me too. Yeah, but in, in, in Japan, college is all about drinking and relaxing and not having too many responsibilities. Where would the stress be? <laughs> the stress comes from, I don't know, the shadows are stealing the booze and the cigarettes. <laughs> shadows are invading bars all across Tokyo. Shadows totally... I like the shadows better when they were underground. That is the plot of Persona 5. <laughs> yes. Uh, Persona 5 is ruining the bands that you like by making them popular. Good grief. I'm hesitant to say Persona 3, Persona 4. Oh, it's amazing. Both games are really good. You haven't played either game. You've had the entire ending spoiled for you now, so what's the point? But Don't <laughs> experience it for yourself! <laughs> but... They're both really good. And I think, like, Persona 3, especially when you play it on the PSP and it goes back and fixes what I find to be some irritating gameplay-breaking issues, like not being able to, like, explore Tartarus and having to go back night after night because your characters get tired and, like, basically are like, "Eh, I can't fight, you know? And, you know, basic controlling your characters, making it a little bit easier to get healed and stuff like that, just making it slightly easier and more fun to play the game. To go back and sort of fix that, to go from that perspective on. I think Persona 3 is good. I think Persona 4 is just, like, slightly better, because it's just a slightly better, more refined version. You know, obviously they took everything they did, they learned from Persona 3, and they made a slightly better game with Persona 4. From, like, a mechanics point of view, and a writing's point of, and a writing point of view, and, like a, like, a gameplay design point of view. I think it's just slightly more intimate and involved and tightly wound together. I would love to see what they would do if they could do like if they would revisit Persona 4 and do like a female campaign. I would that would be amazing because I would cause you would get even more depth and more subtle improvements if it's possible just to make an even better game. All right. Your final thoughts, Sam? Don't really know if I have much else to add truthfully. I just I'm always going to be more of a Persona 3 fan. I don't know if it just comes from the fact that I played it first or it's the fact that I just like the characters a lot more. Maybe in some ways, I just don't want to see the real me because I've been teaching young Jungian-style psychology for the last four weeks and watching Scott play Persona 4 has just kind of broken my brain because it's talking about the exact same stuff that I have to talk about with my students. So maybe in some cases, I'm okay with having the fantasy that's in 3. 
I'm okay that it's darker. I also have a tendency that I like apocalyptic stories more than detective stories, just throwing it out there. I mean, I did all my dissertation work on the apocalypse, so I, I always lean more to that side. Am I sick of the Saving the World plot? Of course I am. But at least with Persona 3, what I got was an experience where saving the world meant that I got to be Jesus. And I always like getting to be Jesus in games. Hmm. I would. I, I don't know if Persona. I. I would. I don't know if I would argue that Persona Three is darker than Persona Four, though. Persona Four, yeah, you get. Sort I think of they're both the same. I think they're both pretty dark on just on different levels. I think with like for example with the Nanako stuff, that's well, that's um, very dark. Four and very is scary. a personal story. Like four. Four is about people. Yeah. And then three is about the world. Yeah. I don't know. For me, like one of the first images you see in the game. Is a, is a strung up corpse and that sort of sets the tone it's like that is fucking dark because you were talking to that character you were talking mm-hmm. to that character 20 minutes ago gameplay time and she is dead in front of you dark because the, the real the real sort of threat of not people like because when people get lost in Tartarus they become lost and they and they just turn into zombies basically They if you, if you don't retrieve them in Persona 4 they will die I think that's more immediate I think they're both very dark games, but I think in a different way. Absolutely. I, I think that Scott's point is probably the perfect way to describe it. Mm. Three Story is not about a person. It's about the world. And in a way, having the protagonist in Three be much more of a mute. I found in Four, he had far, the main character had far more of a personality, despite being a mute character. Whereas in Three, he was very much a blank slate. And oh, I think, totally. And I think that works... To Persona 3's advantage if the story is essentially about the world which mm-hmm. is why I think it works perfectly that Hero 4 gets a personality because it's all about individual people and a personal story I'm happy that that's the route they went because had Persona 4's character been a blank slate I don't think it could have worked as well mm-hmm. in terms of connecting with the other characters mm-hmm. whereas I think having the blank slate in 3 works perfectly in that game because it's about not only the coming together char- the, the coming together of these characters, but it's the coming together of this crisis that they've somehow set in motion. Mm-hmm. And it, and the crisis is not about them; it's way bigger than them. It, and that's what they know, right? And that's kind of why, for me, like again, why I, I like three just a little bit more. I love personal stories, but I read enough of them every day when I look in the news and all that kind of stuff. And I, for me, it's I would rather have the fantasy, just, just so it's something a little bit different for me. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, I wanted to sort of immerse myself in it and go, I am, I am one of these people. I'm in this group. And and you know what? That works perfectly. If if that's the mentality you're going into the game with, it will make it all the more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the right attitude to have when you're playing a game like Persona Four. Just as I think having an attitude with Persona 3 going in there and and knowing you're embarking on something that's a little bit bigger than you knowing that I think strengthens the narrative for people because how often do you have to deal with a situation that's bigger than yourself most of us don't have that I think what I I mean but a lot of RPGs are like save the world right what I like about Persona 4 is like no save yourself and your friends Save your small town, save your family. It's just about your personal relationships, which ties really nicely into the overall theme of Persona. 
And on that note, this is this has been uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside, proving once again that the more estrogen you add to the cast, the less I get to talk. Good night. Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Please do not agree with Thomas license. Check out our website at sbopodcast.blogspot.com. Check us out on Twitter at sbopodcast or our Facebook page at I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside. Or kick me an email at sbopodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for coming on, Kathleen. No problem. I have very strong opinions about games that I play because I don't get to play very many games because I'm a busy, busy person. <laughs> but uh, I really, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to make you think that I don't like Persona Three. I really do. I think it's a really good game. Uh, I just, I don't know. I think we both want different things from them. Hopefully, people are like, "That's both of those games sound awesome." <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I can't argue for both sides because I see what both sides do, and I like. I like both, almost equally. Three only nudges out for a couple certain reasons, but they're like I love both because I think they both explore different territories that a lot of games don't explore. They create yes. characters are not very well explored, and in the JRPG verse where everything's a little stale right now, mm-hmm. we need this. We need this. Yes. I am uh-huh. so sick of half of, like, I don't know if Scott told you, but I'm a rev- public relations person and reviewer at RP Gamer. I play mm-hmm. RPGs for a fucking living. So, of course, I'm going to get a lot of crap. Where mm. it's save the world or like this. Sam also volunteers for crap. Well, when I don't I know what it is, record. well, when I don't know what it is, of course, I'm. if no one else wants it, I'm going to see what it is. And, you know, I get my pannings in and it's good. <laughs> right? But, uh, you know, when you're forced to play RPGs for work, you know, you get sick of seeing a lot of things. Um, mm. And, like, recently what set me off was just the amount of sexism that a lot of JRPGs are throwing in now at this point because it's the only way to sell the games. And that's very disappointing. So I've I've gone on rants about that and stuff publicly because it's it's just something that's been being in my cornflakes, let's just put it that way. Oh, and... I completely agree with you. <laughs> well, like I said, Kathleen, if, if I haven't turned you off from the third birthday, uh, don't touch it with a ten-foot pole, um, because it is the most sexist game you will probably ever play outside of maybe Dead or Alive. And Dead or Alive we can all laugh at, because no one takes that seriously. Third birthday hey. takes itself very seriously. Hey, I was on the Females on Female Gaming panel at PAX East. And yep. we all agreed that Dead or Alive, while it was basically just cheesecake, at least the girls kick ass in it. It could be worse. Yep. They, they actually literally kick ass. That's good. 